Hello and welcome back. I'm Anna Lively, and I hope you all are enjoying the myriad of sports going on right now, both collegiately and professionally. I can't believe I'm almost finished with season five of the Speak Up Sports podcast. This week on the podcast, I am joined with the athletic director at Duke and the first woman to do so at Duke, Nina King. We will be talking about how she got into this position, her current role at her university, and more. Please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's my conversation with Nina King. Well, welcome back to the Speak Up Sports podcast. I'm Anna Lively, and I'm so excited for this episode because I am joined with a trailblazer in her own right, but the vice president and athletic director at Duke, Nina King. Nina, thank you so much for coming on and joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Me too. So I want to start with more so the beginning with you. So after you earned your bachelor's degree in accounting, like, did you know what you wanted to do career career-wise, and is that why you decided to go to law school at Tulane? Yeah, you know, I had sort of an idea that I wanted to work in sports. Um, I have to tell you, I am the most unathletic person working in sports. <laughs> I never played organized sports growing up. Um, I I did um, dance, ballet, tap jazz. So I guess sort of athletic, but not sporty um, would be how I describe it. But uh, when I did my undergrad, I went to Notre Dame and I kind of felt surrounded by sport in so many different ways. And so um, really thought, let me let me see what these careers in sport are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where I, I um, you know, sparked an interest and a passion uh, for, for working in sport. So after I graduated, I interned in the athletic department there. Um, to just kind of test it out and and see, is this something that I, I would be interested in? And I learned so much in that year um, and really, um, you know, trying to figure out a career path, really, you know, discern that I needed an advanced degree. And so what could that advanced degree be? Um, uh, I really had always kind of thought I was going to be a lawyer, wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and so I, I explored maybe some non-traditional ways I could utilize a law degree in sport. And so went for it, uh, went to law school, um, knowing that when I finished law school, I wasn't going to be a practicing attorney, um, but rather jump back into sport and, and utilize my degree that way. No, I love that you talk about, well, it's funny. You say you're not athletic, but you, that's the career field you happen to be in. But and it found you one way or the other. But yes. you knew you needed the extra degree too, but you, you knew you weren't going to go into law school. So after you graduated law school, what was your first job then? Mm-hmm. So I went back to Notre Dame um, and I was the director of rules education uh, in the NCAA compliance area. Um, and so I had to, to learn the rule book fast um, with a challenge. The NCAA rule book is thick. Um, there's lots For of sure. um, And so my job was to kind of educate our constituents on NCAA compliance. And so that meant student athletes, coaches, athletic department staff, university staff, um, the university community. 
donors, boosters. Um, there's so many constituents around college athletics and, and just to kind of um, you know, create an education program and, and make sure we were educating people um, enough so that not that everybody else had to memorize the rules, um, but so that you would be to a point where if you had a question, you would ask uh, before you did something. And so worked with um, a group of four folks in, in compliance and, um, you know, education was, was the name of the game. And it, it really, it was great for me. It gave me a foundation. Um, uh, in college athletics and really for me to understand the rules so that I would be able to teach them um, to those that that needed to know. It was a, a great um, job for me, but I knew I didn't want to do NCAA compliance forever. <laughs> well, I love that you talk about that's an interesting job and very informative. Thanks for sharing your insight on that and sort of where you began, but knew you didn't want to stay there. So, you know, fast forward a little bit now, you've been working at Duke for more than 14 years, but in 2018, you were named to Sports Business Journal's 40 Under 40 class. Uh, what would you say it's like uh, knowing and being named to part of such a prestigious list and how it sort of showed you that all the hard work that you're continuing was going to and has paid off? Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's an honor to be recognized um, by the sports industry um, for, as as you mentioned, I mean, working my butt off um, and you don't do it for the recognition or to be personally celebrated at all. Um, but every once in a while, it's nice to kind of take a step back and say, oh, wow, I am making a difference. Um, and um, what I'm doing matters um, to the, the people that I'm serving and, and being recognized, of course, is, is nice. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've been, a, I have had, excuse me, prior to becoming athletic director, been at Duke for 13 years, mm -hmm. working as a deputy athletic director in a variety um, of areas, as chief of staff, I, I described my role as an air traffic controller. Um, so <laughs> I just, like that. <laughs> um, kind of had my fingers in a little bit of everything, which was a lot of fun. Um, and, and not just at Duke, but I was also kind of working in college athletics on, on a national level. And I think that's what, you know, kind of um, jumping into networks outside of just Duke um, really kind of got me out there and working with colleagues around the country Um uh, to, you know, do good for college athletics. And, and uh, I guess the, the sports business journal noticed, and um, I've got a, a great relationship with those folks. And, and um, I, I think they do great work. And it's always so much fun to see who's on the 40 under 40 list. I cannot be on it anymore, because I am well over 40. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Well, it's fun to hear, you know, you talking about what it means to be on the list, but also that you didn't do the work and, and put in all the time to be on a list. Like that wasn't your goal. You were just working the hardest you could, but back, back to being there. So you said you were there for around 13 years, but when was the first time it sort of came to your mind that you thought about, you know, being an athletic director is a possibility or, or when were you interested in that position really? Um, not until the day I put my name in <laughs> hat, uh, for the Duke AD job. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I worked for an incredible leader, um, mentor, educator, um, my predecessor at Duke, um, Kevin White, um, an incredibly revered athletic director around the, the country. We call him the godfather of college athletics. So um, I worked alongside of him here for 13 years. We were at Notre Dame together. He oh, became, yes. he was the, the Notre 
Dame athletic director and then came to Duke and he asked me to come with him. Um, and I jumped at the chance. I thought I'd be at Notre Dame forever, my alma mater, and, and really loved that place, still do, um, but uh, jumped at the chance to come in and continue to work with Kevin. Um, and so for 13 years, I mean, we were doing the the, the thing. Um, it was great. Um, but what I, I didn't realize until he kind of sat me down um, was that he was preparing me and he was mentoring me. And, um, you know, the, the power of mentorship is so incredible. Um, you know, he would bring me into meetings and he would bring me to events and he didn't always have a plus one, but he never asked and he would just bring me and and he would make me sit at the table and um, in front of everybody would ask my opinion, um, you know, to, to encourage me to speak up and, and make sure my voice was heard. And so um, having someone like that has just been so impactful on me personally and professionally. Um, and so when he sat me down to tell me he was retiring, I thought, oh, okay, good for you. Um, now I'm going to go find a, another athletic director to work with and, and you know, be behind the scenes as a, a chief of staff or, or whatever, making a good AD go. And he said, do you realize you're ready for this? You know how to do this job. Um, you can do this. And so it took me a little bit of time, um, but I got there and and um, put my name in the hat and, and went through an intense interview process. Um, you know, the job wasn't mine. Kevin didn't say to um, our president, hey, hire Nina. Um, I, I had to earn it. Um, and I did. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> oh, I love that you're here. Thank you so much for sharing the story. Some people probably including myself don't hear what it's like but it's so important that you talked about the mentor mentorship that you had and having a mentor bring you along throughout all the time and you know using that time to prepare you for what was to come which you might not have known at the time but it still was helpful for you and then created the opportunity once he retired. So in May of 2021, you not only became the first woman ever to be the athletic director at Duke, but also became the third ever African-American woman to do so. So first off, congratulations and thank you for being a trailblazer. But you did this at a Power 5 school as well at Duke University, a huge sports school. So when did it first hit you about the significance of your new position? Yeah, you know, it wasn't lost on me from the very beginning. Um, you know, as I kind of tried to figure out, is this something that I want to do? Um, one of the factors was there just aren't enough people who look like me that are doing this job. And, um, you know, it, I didn't go into it, um, you know, wanting to be a trailblazer, um, but rather just kind of helping. There's so many young people in this business, um, young women, black women, uh, um, people of color all over the, the sports business industry um, that aren't getting opportunities, aren't getting chances, or don't think they can get opportunities and chances um, to be the leader. And so I really thought, you know what, um, let me do this. Let me go for it at least. Again, you know, the job wasn't guaranteed, but let me go for it at least and, and see if I can help continue to make a difference. Um, in terms of who, who we're hiring uh, in these leadership positions. So as you mentioned, the third black woman in, in the power five, uh, Carla Williams at Virginia and Candace Lee at Vanderbilt uh, are the other two. Um, and we all in a relatively short 
time came on the scene together. Carla, I think it's been in her job at Virginia about five years. Candace was appointed athletic director at Vanderbilt just the year before me. And so I talked to both of them um, during the interview process a lot. Um, uh, the three of us are, are really close um, and, awesome. and lean on each other a lot, which we need each other. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the Power Five, there's six women um, athletic directors total out of 65 institutions, which is crazy. And in Division One, I, I think it's about 10% or even less um, of Division One institutions that women are leading. So, you know, again, I, I, I go back to I went into this so that I can show young girls, um, young women, um, uh, people of color that, that they can aspire to do this and do this. But now that I'm sitting in this chair, you know, I have this, this great opportunity to take a hold of and continue to create um, opportunities for people to come with me, not behind me. I'm not trying to pave the way because I've got um, a long career still in front of me. I mean, I'm over 40, but I've still got a long career in front of me. And so I want um, I want women and people of color to come with me and, and continue to create change and, and meaningful opportunities, um, leadership opportunities um, in this business. No, I love that you brought up first off, sort of creating a support system around the other women in the similar positions as you for a athletic directors, which is so important. And then also not just paving the way, but bringing other people along with you. So I know you've been in the position almost two years now, but what would you say a day in the life of a VP, athletic director, adjunct professor, you, you basically do it all, you know, what does it look like? <laughs> um, chaos. <laughs> um, it is no days the same, um, which I thrive on. I love it. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, basketball seasons just ended. Um, and, and so folks are like, Oh, so now you have some time off. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> got, um, a bunch of spring sports competing and, um, you know, it, it doesn't stop. Um, but I, I thrive on that. I love it. I do. I find my moments where I certainly, um, unplug rest, recover because um, I'm very cognizant of not burning out. Um, we've got so much to do and and really want to model, um, you know, in terms of being the leader, want to want to model a healthy, um, you know, work-life integration uh, for our staff, for sure. Um, but it does, it, it takes a lot. And um, this is high profile, high paced um, environment um, that, that I'm, I truly am enjoying. So, you know, a typical day could be anything from um, attending practices, meeting with student athletes. I am almost done, uh, embarked on, on an adventure uh, this year to meet with all of our freshman student athletes one-on-one. -on -one. And we've got about 170 freshman student athletes. So I think I'm in the 160s. I am almost done. Wow. Uh, meetings, which it's been so fantastic. I started in August. Um, it, it was really important for me to really get to know our student athletes, who they are as people. Um, we watch them compete. We know their numbers. We see, you know, their names on their jerseys, but I want to know who they are and where they come from and what are their stories and what drives them and why Duke. Um, and so it's been great. I've learned so many, um, great things uh, about our student athletes, which has been important to me and also for them to get to know me as a person. I'm not just, you know, an administrator behind a desk. I am a wife and a mom and, um, you know, it, it's, it's um, uh, you know, personal to me. And so that's been a lot of fun. So, you know, any day could be three, four, five um, student athlete meetings, uh, meeting with coaches, um, meeting with campus constituents and campus colleagues. Um, I am, as you indicated, a 
vice president uh, at the university and um, I sit on the president's cabinet. And um, it's important to me to collaborate with my colleagues across campus on, on a variety of issues um, relative to, to athletics, but also our university community. Um, I teach at our business school. So I'm, as you also mentioned, an adjunct professor. And so I teach a sports business class um, with Kevin White, my predecessor. So that's a lot of fun. Um, so that's once a week uh, during the, the academic year. It could be, um, you know, a couple hours of time each each week. So it's every day is different, uh, but so much fun. This morning I had a donor meeting. Um, that is uh, a huge part of what we do. We're constantly trying to tell our story, to continue to raise money, um, to, to, you know, operate uh, this very expensive uh, collegiate athletics endeavor. Um, so like I said, every day is different, um, but I absolutely love it. Oh, I love, thanks for sharing a, a piece of every section of what it's like, <laughs> but the unpredictability is fun aspect, I, I guess. And then it's also awesome that you're taking the time out of your already incredibly busy schedule to meet with all those freshman students to to figure out yes they're athletes yes they're student athletes but who are they outside of that as well and and for them to see that you value that I know can definitely mean so much so it's great to hear about that and then the VP but also you as a teacher so thank you for sharing all of that now in addition I know you served as the NCAA Division One Women's Basketball Chair and part of that committee for a few years you know, we've seen the viewership numbers grow. I know with the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, you know, in the sport, it's exciting to see all the coverage on social media or just on TV in general. What do you feel the next step is for continuing to grow the game on a national level? Yeah, I mean, I think we're on a great traje trajectory, um, not just for women's basketball, but for women's sports in general, um, viewership numbers are um, blowing it out of the water every year. I mean, to just watch every year, year over year, the numbers increasing exponentially is is incredibly exciting. Um, sponsors are uh, taking notice and really investing um, in women's sports. And I should note also going back to viewership, it's not just women watching women's sports. I mean, it is we're we're grabbing a hold um, of audiences, all genders. Um, all races, ages, et cetera, around the country, which is just really exciting. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, we need to, to keep an eye on uh, providing equal opportunities uh, for women to participate in sport, um, as, as well as, you know, once once they're experiencing sport, that their experience is equitable um, to, to their male counterparts. Um, obviously, we saw in women's soccer, the equal pay come across um, last year, I think it was. Um, and, and so, so that's really exciting for women's sports. Um, you know, we I I was chair of the NCAA Women's Basketball Committee um, back in 2021 um, when we had um, the weight room situation at yeah. the NCAA tournament, uh, where the the tournament. Um, weight room was not up to standard um, equitable at all compared to the men's tournament with the male student athletes were receiving, and so. That was a really hard time. Um, it kind of embarrassing, not kind of, it was very embarrassing. Yes. 
um, to, to see what was being provided for our women's student athletes. But what it did do was launch us into conversations and um, folks holding the NCAA and others accountable for yes. creating equal opportunities. And so, you know, it while it was really painful in the moment, I was just extremely grateful that so many more people were talking about what we need to do for our female student athletes. And it wasn't just at the NCAA level. You know, I came back to Duke and said, we need to make sure that what we're doing here on our campus, um, we're proud of, um, that our student athletes are realizing a high level elite, terrific experience across all of our sports. Um, and, and that, you know, they, they, um, you know, walk away from their Duke experience saying that was the best dang thing ever, um, no matter male or female student athletes. And I think conferences were doing the same thing at the conference level. And, and so really just kind of a gut check for all of us um, to make sure that, that we're providing equitable experiences. So how do we continue to grow? Um, as you getting back to your, your question, how do we continue to grow interest in and around um, women's sports? It's, it's all of this. It's talking about talking about women's sports, making sure we're providing um, a great experience for our athletes, for our fans, for our sponsors, um, opportunities to invest in women's sport, um, educating uh, folks. I mean, we celebrated 50 years of, of Title IX and we've yes. made progress, but there's still so much more to do. So talking about Title IX and educating folks on Title IX and, and talking about the next opportunities, I think are, are really important. Um, and listen, if you build it, they will come put yes. the women on TV. We're watching women's basketball tournament on ABC and, you know, on, on linear um, big time networks. And so um, just continuing to um, press decision makers to make sure that women's sports are out front and center to be consumed. No, I basically want to second retweet, whatever you want to call it, everything you said, repost it all. No, I really appreciate that you brought up you seeing firsthand, right? The March Madness, me, I know watching it, but seeing the disparity at, at such a big level, when you think of the NCAA division one, you know, March Madness itself tournament. So it's, it's, it was sad to see, but I think it brought to light the importance of the needed, changes now instead of waiting longer to change those types of things and and highlighting title nine and and you talked about the the growth of women's basketball but you also touched upon and it's continuing to show and grow with softball women's college world series you know field hockey track and field you name the sport it's it's all continuing to grow at, at a scale by viewership numbers and support so it's exciting to see and so Regarding back to a little bit more in your position, you know, in the next year, throughout your time as an AD, you've already experienced coaching changes, including the legendary retirement of Coach K. So what are some things you're hoping to change or how you're trying to juggle those different sports teams in the near future? Yeah, you know, I don't think anything um, hoping to change. Um, just, you know, my, my big focus is how do I carry Duke into the next iteration and the next chapter? Um, it's been 42 years since we had a new basketball coach. Um, I hired a new football coach after the previous coach had been here for 13 years. Um, I had I hired Carol Lawson uh, the year before I became athletic director in, in women's basketball. And so our three mo most ho high profile sports, um, plus me, were all new. Uh, 
that newish, I guess. I don't know if two years <laughs> they knew, but all newish in our our roles and um, kind of the next chapter of, of Duke athletics. And so the co- collegiate athletics landscape is changing. Um, we don't know what it's going to look like a year, five years, 10 years from now. Um, but it's my job to make sure that Duke is innovating um, and, and um, you know, providing again, that high level experience so that we can change along with the landscape. And, um, you know, be a, a successful power five division one athletic program. And so, um, that means, you know, staying modern and, and, um, as I said, moving into the next chapter, um, of college athletics and, and for us specifically Duke athletics. Yeah. I like that you talked about it because it's always changing with NIL and the transfer yeah. portal, but, uh, thanks for sharing what your next steps sort of look like and what your goals are for the future. And so we excited to watch that, but to finish off the podcast, I always do what I call my favorite five questions with my guests. Okay. So first off, what is one piece of advice you would give to the next generation? Oh, uh, treat people how you want to be treated. I mean, I, the the golden rule, I think, is so incredibly important just in everything that we want to do, right? While you're at school, um, once you get into a, a working environment, um, you're making decisions that are impacting people's livelihoods um, to just keep top of mind, treat people how you want to be treated. I love that. Can't put it any better. <laughs> All right. The next one is to give a shout out to someone who's made an impact on your life. Oh, my mom. Um, I have the best mom ever. Uh, she was a single mom, raised me by herself since I was born um, and ha- just really showed me the the value of hard work. She worked her tail off um, and, and really made it possible for me to go to college at such a prestigious place. Um, no matter what the cost, she wanted to make sure I had the very best education possible um, and just su- such a selfless giver um, certainly made an incredible impact on me. Well, it's so special to hear. Definitely the moms, including I can relate to making so many sacrifices. So that's awesome. All right. Well, I know you, you talk about not really having a predictable day, but if you had an off day and you could plan your ideal day, how would you want to spend it? Um, well, first I would get up and either ride my Peloton bike or run on my Peloton tread, um, and then have some coffee, read a book, um, and then plug into my kids. I need a little bit of quiet time before I plug into the chaos of my 10 and 12 year old boys. <laughs> um, but then just kind of hanging out with them and either going with them to some of their sporting events or doing fun family things. Um, nice chill dinner at home and then watching TV and being lazy before bed. <laughs> that sounds like so a pretty fun day. It does, but it very rarely happens. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Maybe it'll happen soon. Yes. <laughs> All right. If you could choose one sport to manage specifically, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh, Anna, we have 27 sports at Duke. I can't pick a favorite. It's like picking a favorite child. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my, all of them, all 27 sports. I would, and that's what I do, right? Manage all of our 27 sports. So I'm going to stick with that. A very, uh, non-answer answer. answer. (laughs) Non-controversial answer. I like it. (laughs) All right. Last but certainly not least, if you had a superpower that can make the world better, what would you want it to be and why? 
Um, I'm going to go back to treat people how you want to be treated. And so I would love my superpower to be, um, to get all of us to, um, be kind, treat each other with respect. I think all of that would go a long way, um, to making the world be better, um, in just so many ways. Um, it's, it is a tough scene out there right now. Um, and I, I just, um, it makes my heart hurt for my kids. Um, what is, what is our future? Future going to look like just so much incivility. Um, it, it's a scary world out there. Um, and so we need to, to prep that next generation for um, how do we make change and how can we all live together? Um, so hopefully I get this super superpower and I can pass it on to my kids. That's a great superpower. I love that. Definitely can go such a long way to help making our world greater. Well, Thank you so much, Nina, for coming on the podcast, sharing your journey all the way up to your current athletic director position, insight on what it's like, and, and so much more. And I, I can't wait to continue to stay in touch. Thank you. It's been great chatting with you. I'm thrilled for everything that you're doing um, and just honored to have been asked to, to come on the podcast with you. Oh, thank you so much.